This podcast is only for the attention of professional investors in the financial industry. Outer Blue by Amundi. Welcome to Outer Blue Convictions, market analysis and asset allocation views. Hello, welcome to this Amundi Convictions podcast, where we're going to be discussing the latest market trends and asset allocation views. I'm Swaha Pasnaik, the head of publishing, and joining me for a monthly chat is the show's regular guest star, Monica Defend, head of the Amundi Investment Institute. Hey, Monica, great to have you back on the show. Hi, Swaha. Thank you. So autumn arrived very quickly here in Europe over the last couple of weeks, and so did a battery of monetary policy meetings. Major central banks have raised interest rates by a lot in this tightening cycle, but now they seem more ambivalent about how to proceed, given the mixed or even negative signals coming from their respective economies. The US Federal Reserve and the Bank of England passed up on the opportunity to hike rates in the past week. Meanwhile, the European Central Bank raised rates, but may well now pause for a while. Monica, do you think that the slightly more cautious stance that central banks are now adopting is enough to avert recession? Or are the lagged effects of past monetary policy tightening going to come back to haunt the economy? Thank you, Swa. Well, the amount of lag tightening in the in the financial conditions we think uh, is still uh, to be fully displayed. And this is why uh, we foresee a progressive growth deterioration while the disinflation process will uh, will continue under higher uh, real uh, real rates. So uh, when it goes to the United States, uh, we still uh, expect uh, a shallow recession uh, next year, while uh, in the euro area on aggregate, uh, we, we see a flattish uh, growth pattern with uh, relevant uh, di- divergences within uh, the uh, Euro region, and we might talk about this later on, uh, while China will uh, continue to drive its uh, slow motion uh, growth pattern heading uh, to a more sustainable path uh, moving forward. Thank you. Well, you mentioned the divergence between, underneath that flattish growth in Europe. Do you want to drill that into that a little bit more? Who's doing better than whom? Yes, for sure. Uh, when it goes to Germany, for example, we have a negative sign uh, in front of the uh, growth dynamics. This is for sure uh, related uh, to uh, a slow motion in, in Germany to readapt and react to the uh, energy crisis, although now they are looking into the United States to replace uh, the, the supply. Uh, then we have Italy. It's uh, a recent news uh, that the uh, ISTAT, the statistical office, has been revising uh, the past growth in 2020 uh, as a reaction to the uh, post-COVID. And this is going eventually uh, going to deliver a better deficit and debt pattern, uh, unfreezing some of the fiscal space that might be needed uh, uh, for for the country, so this is uh, a, a positive uh, a positive sign. And last but not least, France, uh, where apparently the political debate will allow some further uh, fiscal uh, fiscal support. So uh, the region itself uh, is is on a flattish path, but uh, underneath uh, we might see some some different developments. So. 
you were speaking there about Germany adjusting to the energy crisis. Now, what you were talking about was what we saw immediately after the invasion of Ukraine, which was a shock, shock, uh, shock surge in oil prices. Oil prices have been trading higher again and are now above $90 this month per barrel in Brent. What sort of implications do you see for economies and perhaps even central banking? Well, on our side, we expect the uh, current uh, uh, spike in uh, uh, energy prices to be temporary. We, uh, and as a target, to give you uh, one number, is still uh, around the 90 uh, US dollar uh, per, per barrel, meaning that eventually supply and demand dynamics will adjust the price into a lower level. And this is really uh, an important assumption uh, that, uh, that we are making at a time where infl- inflation is moving down, except, uh, except uh, the oil, uh, oil component. And obviously, uh, this uh, this will uh, condition and and bind uh, the uh, the action of the of the central banks moving forward. Having in mind a temporary shock will allow the central banks not to worry that much moving forward. Remaining uh, on our idea of a tabletop profile uh, for the official rates moving forward. Sure. Perhaps we should clarify this um, tabletop metaphor comes from Hugh Pill, where rates go up, stay there for a long time before coming down, as opposed to, I think it was a Matterhorn um, metaphor he used, wasn't it, with a huge spike up and a very sharp uh, fall. Um, Using those metaphors, though, what do you see for the policy interest rates in sort of around the world in the major things? I'd say Japan, but we haven't actually even had a hike in Japan. So perhaps focusing on US, Eurozone and the UK. Well, the big difference is between emerging market and developed markets, uh, where uh, in a a broad sense, we see emerging markets already moving uh, into uh, the unaccommodative stance, uh, cutting, uh, cutting rates. Uh, whereas in the developed market on the Fed and the ECB, we think uh, they are done. Uh, let's see. On the Fed, for them, uh, really December uh, will be uh, a, a key moment uh, where they will have uh, to decide on where to force in uh, pursuing their um, dual, dual mandate. On Japan, we think that when it goes to yield curve control, uh, probably it will be abandoning the yield curve control. It will be a 2024 uh, story. Monica, you mentioned December is the sort of critical juncture for the Fed and sort of how it's going to play out with this unemployment and inflation dual mandate that you mentioned. When we are looking ahead, what the market is doing is obviously, and pricing in for the Fed is obviously very important for the financing conditions and how much is already priced in. What, what do you think the market is looking for and taking from the Fed's guidance at the moment? But I think the market uh, is really reflecting what uh, the debate at the Fed is at the moment. So um, growth, uh, is it growth really accelerating? And therefore, we will see inflation dynamics uh, reverting to an upward trend again or uh, the second camp and we are staying in this camp is that we do believe that the tightening in financing conditions so the amount of lag tightening uh, will wait on the final uh, consumer and this uh, would call uh, for the for the fed to stop so these are the two parties uh, i see uh, when talking to investors or if you look at the um of what priced uh, what is priced by the market we do believe uh, that the vulnerability stays with the tightening financing conditions therefore 
we call for this oakish pose out of the Fed. Perfect. So seeing what's priced in already in the market, what do you think lies ahead and uh, fixed income for the coming months as we head into the last quarter of the year? Well, on when inflation, if you if we see and we expect inflation slowing and growth to progressively uh, moderate, the uh, the long end U.S. Treasury uh, curve offer uh, long term value. In particular, how when you compare this uh, into uh, relative valuation uh, versus uh, risk uh, risk asset. Having said that, we really need uh, to closely uh, monitor what is going to happen on the on the fiscal space, on the debt burden, on the uh, supply uh, of U.S. Treasury amid a potential dis- disengagement of Japanese investors, uh, for for example. Uh, but really, the U.S. Treasury market offer uh, long-term value when it goes to credit. Um, we are a bit more cautious there because we are seeing some balance sheet uh, fundamentals uh, that are uh, deteriorating over time uh, with default rates that are slowly um, moving uh, moving upwards. So still, uh, we think that some uh, potential is still on the EU uh, investment uh, investment grade. Okay, and uh, what about equities? On equities, again, uh, amid this uncertainty, we really see limited aside in the, in the devil markets, uh, equities with a preference for, uh, emerging market. The Japanese equities are still powered more, uh, by the weakness in, uh, in, in the yen. So all in all, we stay defensive in US and Europe with a preference, uh, for, uh, for value and, um, and quality and quality stock. Um, we stay disciplined and, we are really looking at the risk budget uh, of the portfolio to consider a fine tune and build uh, and build back position at a point where the economic direction uh, will be confirmed. Great. Um, I want to look back. You were talking about China at the beginning, and you mentioned emerging market central banks more recently um, while we were talking. One of your calls earlier this year had been um, to look at the growth differential that you expected would emerge between. EM and DM developed markets that would be in favor of EM. Um, is this still what you're looking for? And what are the sort of implications for where you see opportunities and markets as a result? Yes, uh, l- let me uh, just give you a background on China. The Chinese slowdown will amper more in the in Asia than in the rest of the world. Obviously, it will have an impact. But if I look at countries such as Germany, for example, uh, on the export side, it is really w- much more uh, well diversified than than in the past. So, all in all, uh, we might see a contained uh, impact of uh, of Chinese uh, slowdown uh, vis-a-vis the, the developed market. Then, thanks to the uh, evolution in the uh, geopolitical uh, in the geopolitical order and this uh, deglobalization uh, process that allows some nearshoring. Uh, French shorting. We see some emerging markets, notably uh, Brazil, uh, for example, Indonesia, India, that have been uh, benefiting from from this trend that is obviously going to be reflected in their uh, growth pattern. And this uh, creates uh, an opportunity uh, when it goes uh, on the uh, equity investment, for example. We were mentioning at the beginning the fact that the emerging markets, the central banks, are already positioned uh, for uh, an accommodative uh, um, monetary policy cycle. 
and this obviously is going to be uh, reflected uh, into rates and effects dynamic that we call uh, for uh, some appeal in the emerging markets, uh, bonds, local currency and, uh, and hard currencies. Emerging markets are less vulnerable than, uh, than in the past. Uh, they are uh, just because they are driving this economic transition that is more domestic oriented. This might prove them uh, to be more insulated and resilient amid a global slowdown. Okay. Well, that's good news uh, for the spread as well, as you say, of the EM. So let me looking ahead. We're heading into the last quarter. Are there any risks uh, or challenges that our listeners should be particularly watching out for? Well, for sure, on the uh, assumption that uh, we are making on temporary spike uh, on uh, on energy prices, uh, this is uh, this is one risk that is related to the second risk on the uh, central banks, and if uh, they are done or not. And again, uh, this uh, will lead us to the third risk. We see that is a hard landing potentially in the in the United States because uh, the amount of luck tightening uh, will wait on the um, on the consumer, and this is where uh, we potentially see uh, the recession risk to to come from. I see. And what would it take for the outlook to be a bit more positive than you're looking for? Where would the positive surprises, if you like, come from? Well, we are looking at the uh, profit generation. So we we are turning, as expected, more constructive. The um, earnings revenues have been supported by a weaker U.S. trade-weighted dollar. And if um, the oil price, uh, the energy prices is a temporary uh, spike and the central banks uh, are done, probably uh, we, we might see less pressure on margins, on the unilateral cost, the PPI and CPI. And if you have more constructive views on profit generations, a generation, this obviously will be positively reflected into risky assets. Sure. Well, fingers crossed as we head into uh, October soon. Monica, thank you very much for that whistle-stop tour of macro and markets. It's been great to have you back on the show. Thank you. Bye-bye. And thanks to all of you for tuning in to this Amundi podcast. We hope you'll join us again soon. This podcast is only for the attention of professional investors, as defined in Directive 2004-39-EC, dated 21st of April 2004, on markets and financial instruments called MIFID, investment services providers, and any other professional of the financial industry. Views are subject to change and should not be relied upon as investment advice on behalf of Amundi.